Hi, and welcome to the Female Health Podcast. My name is Mary Jo McGuire, owner of MJ Nutrition. I have a degree and master's in nutritional science, and I'm studying to be a nutritional therapist also. I work with women every day who want to lose weight, improve their relationship with food, hack their hormones, regulate their cycle, restore their periods, learn about nutrition for hormonal balance, help women come off the pill, and lots more. This podcast will be a place to talk about all things female health related, from periods, the pill, weight loss, diets, fertility, acne, PMS, and lots, lots more. I hope this platform to be educational and empowering so women can take charge of their health, their hormones, so they can feel and look their best at all stages. Hey guys, so this episode was recorded last year in like May 2020. Two, yes. So I am. Um, I'm so confused with the years. So um, I recorded this episode with a past client of mine, Claire, um, who had been working with me from the year previous to that, which was 2021. So uh, Claire is coming on and has come on to share her whole story. She has. PCOS, underactive thyroid, and uh, was put on the pill for all of that. She also had severe painful periods. So we worked on all of that together. So yes, this was a, a client of mine from basically two years ago and we were she was with me for nearly a year and um, we recorded a podcast together last year and I'm only getting around to publish it now. So um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I just wanted to give a bit of context into when this recorded because I did mention in the episode like different years and I didn't want to be like um, making it confusing i hope i haven't made it more confusing um so thank you so much for listening and i hope you enjoy this episode and again thanks to my client claire for coming on and sharing her story yeah so i'm supposed just background i have an underactive thyroid gland since i was a kid so i have that for 20 years and then um back in 2016 then i was in my mid to later 20s and i was diagnosed with pcos um and i suppose i had all the normal kind of triggers i had delayed periods that could last like six seven eight weeks so you never really knew when it was going to hit um, I would have had an awful lot of cramps, bloating, all that kind of sucker punch stuff that goes with it. Yeah. Um, and like that, I would have been in and out of the doctors, you know, as you are with your teenage years. And it's like, oh, it's normal. It's fine, et cetera. Yeah. Um, and then I suppose the real trigger for me would have been I was studying professional exams. So like stress would have been I would have been working full time and studying. So stress would have been massive, which looking back retrospectively, that was probably the trigger. But I didn't know that at the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I suppose the real trigger for me going around was like excessive blood and clotting and stuff like that. And it kind of freaked me out. So I went to the doctor and was like, look, there's something really gone wrong here. So they did, uh, they done blood tests and they sent me for an ultrasound. So they diagnosed me in February 16 then with PCOS. Um, so this was something I hadn't heard of before. And like that coming up to like rounds of exams, you're like, well, how do I fix it? So the natural thing is everyone knows to put you on the pill. So I was like, fine, grand, give me it. It seemed yeah. to do the job got through my exams, got on my life, passed all remarks. And then I suppose life slowed down in the pandemic as it did for everyone. And um, it was actually uh, one of your own podcasts with uh, Shane Walsh that I listened to that I was like, oh, okay, this is kind of interesting. This guy can relate to this. Um, and then I just started looking, rooting around for podcasts and reading books and all that kind of stuff. And just so much stuff kind of seemed to tumble. I was like, this sounds very, very familiar. So I suppose it's like everyone's told, go on the pill, come back to me when you want to have kids and you know, we'll fix it then type thing. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with my underactive thyroid gland, I would have been going to an endo, in, excuse me, an endocrinologist every couple of years. And like the same thing, they would just switch base and go, yeah, okay, you can put you on metformin when you want to bring back your periods and all the rest of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, really. Then it was 
round that was around December 20 when I co- kind of listened to them podcasts and started reading books and then I linked him at Mary Jo I just sent her um, a message on Instagram just kind of going look I'm just looking for more information and stuff um, I'm kind of wondering about coming off the pill and managing my symptoms and that kind of thing so she was brilliant um, she reached out to me she had a call at me like no didn't have to sign up or didn't she just gave me loads of information and said basically look think about it um, this is how I work and basically um, I decided then in March 2021 I came off the pill myself um, and we said look come off it for three months and see how your cycles and all that kind of thing work um, and then I started working with Mary Jo from there and to be honest I haven't I've haven't looked back since um, such such a transformation so I suppose really it was just the whole coming off the post pill thing didn't really know what to expect um, I suppose I was for all my hard luck I was very lucky um, my cycles weren't that badly off they were like 30 35 yeah. days or whatever so I was very very lucky in, in that regard so then um, yeah it was just a whole learning cycle after that so I suppose to bridge the gap there from February 16 I didn't realize like when some I didn't realize stupidly I suppose now but when you're on the pill like I just assumed it was a normal period I didn't realize you weren't ovulating there were so many things you're just not told and so no one knows I know and that's the thing like like your whole story there of like going to the doctors GPs when you're like a teenager and being told yeah. like oh it's normal it's fine just take ibuprofen or Ponston I think I was given Ponston as well like as a teenager in school yeah. like, it was so strong and like, I had Buscapan at some stage that was I may as well have had Smarties as well but you know you try it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah but the stuff we take like but like again like most this is so common and like the, it's the common thing is to go to the GP and be told it's normal they like, have these things and like again like like it's like of course you as a teenager or you even at your exam time going through yep, high yep. stress you didn't really have I suppose the time maybe to put into looking after this from another approach and also GP doesn't really have the time to look into the other tools that may be helpful like diet lifestyle and supplements so the pill and metformin which is another if anyone's listening doesn't know what it is, it's just another medication that helps reduce insulin resistance, which is one of the drivers for PCOS. And then, of course, painkillers are, you know, they are effective tools. They work in the short term. And there's like, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these, but like you, like you probably investigated and listened to podcasts and things so that you realized, oh, actually, the pill is not my real period. I actually haven't been ovulating or regulating my cycle and yeah like you said a lot of people here come back when you want to get pregnant but I think from us working together you realize there's a lot more to ovulation than just you getting pregnant you know we wanted you to ovulate to make all those hormones that's how you make your hormones is through ovulation Um, and when you take the pill you shut down ovulation so like I'm kind of saying this to you but again just to kind of let people know you're listening in case they don't because like you say people don't know this stuff and this isn't to say oh look at us we know this it's not about that at all it's just we're not taught this that's why I wanted to get like yourself on just to kind of again bring awareness to these issues that like we all have and had and are given the same treatment whereas there is you know maybe it's not the best treatment or not even so like there's other ways that you can do it as well so um yeah like and when we're talking there um you talked about the the, the transitionary period so like you came to me you, we had a chat in March and then you didn't work with me into June and like I guess the reason for that is in a lot of cases is it takes at least three months for your hormones to kind of get back to normal after being on the pill it could be even six months 12 months or more and like you kind of said you were quite lucky um but in, in fairness like your diet was pretty balanced wasn't it like your diet was pretty there wasn't there's was a lot of like nutrient rich food in your diet and I think I mentioned like 
who we said there, like a Mediterranean style diet when we had a call, just to kind of be looking after that while you were in that transitioning period and then you were ready to maybe work on it more at the third month mark after you'd come off it um but yeah like for you at that point what was the biggest um obstacles for you or things that you needed to work on did you find (laughs) um I suppose I learned an awful lot more than I thought of initially so um you just touched on the food there yeah I suppose I come from a I play a lot of sports so I've a big background I'm also lucky I suppose I come from a country farming background so like the meats the veg all that kind of thing yeah I would have been used to having that um but like the big things the massive things I would have learned uh would have been like a lot about stress the impact of stress on it I wouldn't have realized like I would have a fairly high power job so at times in each month like you would have a stressful job not realizing the impact the stress the sleep the energy levels um I think upping the protein was a massive learning factor as well that was huge for me to like yeah. help with the sugar cravings and your insulin resistance and all that kind of thing and it's just amazing how it's like a jigsaw piece with 20 pieces that goes in so you would just assume it's only what I do the week before coming up to a cycle or whatever yeah. period um so much of that and I suppose the other thing for anyone out there listening that's kind of wondering oh I don't know it's really just non-judgmental you just reach out and there's just such a great support and information and like there's no pressure on someone if someone's like it's not for me right now let me think about it or yeah I want it like that's the great thing about it there's no judgment there's no just ask that's all you have to do um and yeah absolutely it kind of just went like we started off really simple um there was no like suddenly here's a whole diet plan or not even a diet plan but here's a whole meal plan and off you toodle for yourself it was just like, okay, let me look at what you're eating and then add in little bits um, like I would have been and probably still have um, a very fondness for biscuits, as you well know. <laughs> so like, you know, the protein snacks and all that kind of thing, simple little things um, that just help overall. And just like that, just bringing awareness, like literally a tick the list box of, okay, yeah, how's my sleep? How does that go? Did I train? Weight training actually was a huge thing as well. So I would have like done gym sessions and stuff like that, play a lot of sport, like mogi and kayaking and stuff. But uh, it's amazing just to see the weight sessions, like the difference that makes. Like that was a big um, learning curve as well, which is great. Yeah. Like some of the things that you came or wanted to manage, wasn't it? Was like your cravings were a big thing for sweet things. And that was yeah. one thing. And uh, again, like even with performance and sport was something you wanted to, wanted to work with. So like being able to manage that while also still managing your PCOS, which can be kind of a little bit tricky because, you know, you need a bit of higher energy foods, which are more maybe high carb, which people kind of think, oh no, how can I do that with PCOS? Because carbs are bad for PCOS which we know is not true but um it it, it does seem kind of tricky so we did work out on those kind of things and what were your other kind of things that you wanted symptoms or things that you wanted to work on like um I just remember the cravings being big a big one and there was like body composition changes too wasn't there there was yeah that was an element of and I suppose the big thing um one of my fears I suppose because it would have been the driver of the PCS initially would have been like stomach cramps and like I mean it would have been nothing it would have been pure normal for me to eat like not to eat but to take 12 13 norfin pluses um with a with a period yeah even pre before taking the pill i was taking them on the pill and even in previous years before being diagnosed with pcos like um and like that you know the people would be like you go into the chemist and buy the box of norfin plus and they'd be like oh do you know try a panadol i was like no does nothing thanks very much try a normal norfin does nothing but like the lifestyle changes and i mean it's really the lifestyle changes in the food and all that kind of thing I can literally get away with one to two ibuprofen if I need them at this stage. And even I'm not guaranteed that I will need them, but you know, depending yeah. on like life goes up and down, things are busy. 
such a difference. I mean, if I got nothing else out of it, I'm not actually pumping neurofin into my body anymore through simple little changes, like nothing, no massive overhaul or anything, just a bunch of little things have made such an impact like yeah it's amazing. I find that amazing as well like yeah. because like the first few I think the first few months you were still maybe taking like four to six I remember yeah. and I remember being like oh god that's a lot of neurofin I thought and then you were saying how many you were taking I was just like oh my god so um <laughs> oh, the pharmacists don't come at me over this now <laughs> like you're one <laughs> no no judgment at all but like it shows obviously you needed them you're in so much pain yeah. but again that shows the imbalance that was gone going on in the body and again like period pain is not normal right like, that's what we have to drill into our heads if you've got a lot of period pain if you're relying on neurofin like that every single month check it out go to your gp get some bloods done speak to someone because it's a sign of inflammation uh, imbalance in your estrogen progesterone all of that kind of stuff so a huge amount of the work that we did was like indirectly working on that you know what i mean Where, like you didn't come to me really for period pain but like a lot of the work that we did on balancing hormones reducing inflammation regulating blood sugars all helps with with period pain so by by the end of like say I think it was like for the fifth or sixth month you were down to like two or three maybe neurofins or something like that so you definitely made a lot of progress on that over the like the few months which was brilliant absolutely um yeah no it's it's invaluable like when you go back and even I mean um something as simple as my breakfast and I would have said like no I would have been a great person for having a bowl of porridge in the morning um I have a desk job so I'm sitting down most of the day so like even the simple things of protein based breakfast like the protein pancakes the smoothies all that kind of thing um and that took a little bit of getting used to throwing protein powder and stuff like that you remember that as well it did take a little bit of getting used to I suppose I was going at the half scoop and that kind of thing but like all that kind of difference of like just fueling yourself so like if you were training on the Saturday or you are doing a lot more activity like okay have the porridge those days have the protein based stuff during the week um to keep it all going like all really simple stuff when you look back on it but when you're in that cycle and you don't really know what you should be doing it's just a great direction and a focus and like I said earlier it's little changes it's not like do all these seven things of the week it's like right let's do these three things in the week let's do them again next week and then let's add in right let's try this this will help as well and it's just a build up over time that makes such a yeah, difference yeah I think that's one thing that like I find is really important like for anyone like but like like you said yourself you had a really stressful job like yeah. sometimes in the month the last thing you needed was me to add on more stress by giving you a rake of things to do and like yeah. add into your week and be overwhelmed and like having to buy all these kind of special foods in a health shop and spend loads of money on them and things like that it's not about that like and then I really like try and make like you say build on them each week and like maybe add a new one when I feel like yeah we've got that one nailed now I think you're doing really well and like you did nail them you actually were so consistent with your habits which is why you got the results like but um you know like that's when we add them in it is about the small stuff because like you you know you hear people going on these plans and things and like you know it's it's overwhelming or even like it's it's a lot it could be six to 12 weeks and like they do so much in that space of time but then it's just crash and burn or it's just not sustainable or whatever like so the obviously the goal for you is that you are able to keep this up like but like I think you've built so many habits they just became ingrained in you didn't they at the, by the time we finished up like <laughs> absolutely like and and again it's six the simple things it's the sleep the food it's it's all within our control like it's just about bringing I suppose the conscious mind into it and like yeah okay these are the simple things it's not like I need the magic stuff out of the health shop as you're just after mentioning it's like the simple little things just steamroll together like and again I suppose a big part of it as well we have mentioned was the supplements so like I would have always have taken normal vitamins like a normal multivitamin tablet but like the inositol and the zinc and all that kind of thing like they were magnesium especially for someone 
I even notice just taking off the cycles and the periods. Like I even notice in training now, just taking magnesium for if you're doing a really heavy session of sprinting and stuff like that. Yeah. Such a difference. Yeah, yeah. Simple thing. But yeah, yeah, again, people are wondering why like magnesium is so it's one of my favorite ones that like I was always harping on about. Like, but I love it. Like it's just so good for your it just helps your nervous system and like it's like that little kind of soothing mineral that like regulates um it helps the hormones, it helps make more progesterone. But like the reason it helps after sports, like you mentioned, it kind of soothes the muscles, relax them. It's kind of like a uh reduces constriction of the muscles and relaxes them, so like dilation. So it's really helpful for after sports. And if you get like um, leg twitching or anything like that it helps and it's amazing for sleep you're really really good for sleep so you do need the right combination of it. that's why I was always saying magnesium glycinate that's the best one and um, so yeah that's really good and then again zinc so so helpful for mopping up that testosterone which is causing like excess hair growth or acne if anyone has that or just not ovulating too much testosterone stops you ovulating and of course the holy grail and inositol like that's the one that is so so important for reducing cravings helping reduce insulin resistance and getting you a more regular cycle so between all of them together they worked for you and got you like like your periods after like they were basically 33 days weren't they that was yeah exactly yeah they were great like and you can literally again the simple thing um the simple thing is just tracking like just noting down seven days here we go and you know then when they're coming and and it's just a good way of tracking as well along the way like you kind of yeah it should be okay something what did I do okay I'll think back in the month did I have my sleep upside down or what kind of things went and you kind of can identify them yourself and that's the great thing about it you learn so much from you but like you don't need to be there for life because you just as you said it kind of gets ingrained in you and you know yourself you're like okay right this is off or that's off or you know you can identify if, if you had a busier month or whatever is going on which is huge yeah Absolutely yeah it's good it, it was good to like again like you're, you're you weren't tracking with the temperature weren't you not or were you, you were just um, doing, um only uh, yeah I had actually done it for a couple of months with you yeah, yeah just yeah, just to be yeah. seen about ovulation and stuff and again just to even learn about that like yeah something, again we're not thought of growing up we're not thought about when we're teenagers when we're older um it's just very black and white it's either like pill or off the pill and suffer or whatever you have do you know it's, I know yeah yeah a wealth of information yeah <laughs> well that's what I hope to do is, is to help but again like you're right we're not really taught this so like again if anyone's listening what do I mean by temperature like after ovulation your temperature spikes and it should spike a little bit up until you get your period and it doesn't really spike dramatically so a normal temperature wouldn't pick it up but you need what's called like a basal body tem- thermometer so it picks up your basal body temperature and that picks up your um your reading from uh, after ovulation when you produce progesterone and that boosts your t- uh, temperature up so that's why it should rise. So that's a really good, accurate indicator that you've actually ovulated. So apps like Natural Cycles are really good for that. And it's based on science. It's not based on like, you know, those other apps like say, you know, Flow or Clue. They're based on you kind of putting in, you know, they'll they be like, oh, you we think you're going to ovulate tomorrow, but you may not ovulate for whatever reason. You could be later that month and it's not accurate. Down, whereas when you use your temperature, that's actually accurate. So that's, yeah, that's important as well. And the other thing you said there, I don't want to be working with you for life. I want you to be able to go and get on with it yourself, which is definitely what you did. And um, 
no you're flying now you were actually flying for ages working with me but like there was a few things towards the end I think we wanted to work on was your thyroid as well and we did work a bit on your thyroid as well and supporting um the nutrients that really help with the thyroid and like I think we introduced liver which I know like people are probably going to watch but again like it's actually so nutritious for the thyroid due to the vitamin a and like women are like definitely not getting enough vitamin a in their diet particularly because so many are on vegan diets or low animal diets or low protein diets in general and vitamin a is a fat soluble vitamin so we need to get it in fat sources and the highest proportion or the highest food the food that's highest in vitamin a is liver i know it's not the most popular but um you can get it in capsule form as well so beef liver capsules and like not everyone needs this but vitamin a is so amazing for progesterone production so if you're someone who has really really painful periods if you're struggling to maintain um or get pregnant or maintain pregnancies um if your thyroid is an issue as well vitamin a is a very very helpful um vitamin but again do get advice from a nutritionist or practitioner before you go taking supplements in general and but yeah that's we did a bit of work on your on your thyroid and yeah like of course you were on medication anyway but it was just kind of keeping it in check and there's still things you can do nutrition wise to help with that as well as you knew and worked on as well yeah exactly so yeah like I said earlier um like the last 20 years I've had an underactive thyroid glance since I was diagnosed um in when I was early early teenage years um and yeah, I like that I take the altroxin for it every day and that's just a lifestyle thing. And it's for a lifetime, that's fine. That's completely acceptable. Um, yeah. PCOS medication being a completely different kettle of fish and like there is a certain amount of things you do need medication for. It's not like yeah. going away saying, oh yeah, stay away from it. Like pill is for some people, it's not for others. It depends yeah, exactly. on what you need it for. Um, but yeah, the liver. Yeah, absolutely. Liver's not that bad actually. Hands up. I didn't really eat a whole lot of it, but it's fine. Ketchup is super for stuff. Not too much of it, but ketchup helps. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, think, I think one way of trying to get it in is mincing it up into say your bolognese or chilies or something like that like your minced beef dishes trying to get it in that way or just take a supplement if you can't handle it like and I don't eat that much of it anymore either but I like if anyone has listened to some of my episodes before I had a thyroid condition as well and I like I literally took it weekly once a week just to kind of help with that as well when I was kind of trying to work on my thyroid but yeah it's not it's not one of my favorite foods at all like but I do think it's great for the vitamin a content um but yeah no that that's um and like it's interesting like you have the thyroid condition and pcos and the thing is they go quite hand in hand like so if you have a thyroid condition you're uh, there's like 25 percent of women with pcos have a thyroid condition so it goes kind of go with it and your thyroid is like a lot of people say it's like your third ovary it links in with your ovary like it's got a lot of um so if you're if there's any issues with that you will have irregular periods and things as well so it's really important that if you do have thyroid issues get it checked get on the right medication or the right dose for you um and it can help a lot with your periods as well so yeah like i think um you know overall you uh, made some massive changes with and um, not yeah you made massive progress I guess but not massive changes if that's kind of how we would put it like <laughs> yeah know. absolutely and, and I suppose just to touch on it, I suppose the way I would eat liver would be I would actually just pop it in a bit of flour with um, salt and pepper and it works pretty well on the pan yeah it works um, yeah. but I suppose yeah the ironic thing about it is having an, uh, an underactive thyroid gland and obviously as you say PCOS goes hand in hand and I've learned that now but like the ironic thing of how many years it took I probably always had PCOS it was probably the driver of teenage years it was the norm and you just gone on with it and that was it the ironicness of it is had we known like 
it should have been a thing to spark much sooner. But I suppose we're talking, we're going back years as well. We're probably going back 15 years at that point. That is true as well. It's like we just, yeah. it wasn't, things like that were not spoken about at all. Absolutely. Like, we think they're being spoken about more now. Like thanks to podcasts and more and more people yeah. doing these things. And yeah, and Instagram, it's like we can say what we want about social media. There is more talk about these things because of social media too, which is great. <laughs> Definitely. And I suppose it's one thing being in your 30s. Um, I think I would hope for people in their teenagers years where it's harder to talk about these things. I know as you get older, you're kind of just senior stride you're like yeah we all talk about yeah it. it's fine it's normal but it's harder in younger young in your 20s in your teenagers it's harder to talk about these things so I suppose that's the good thing there is a benefit to social media where you can read and learn about these things and yeah. you're not just holding yourself you're like oh other people actually I'm they're similar to me okay good I'm normal there's nothing wrong with me that kind of thing I know, that's, I know. they're the huge benefits of it um and I suppose just the other thing to touch on as well like fish is a big thing I've added into my diet that I would have been very poor at having the likes of salmon and cod or all the other yeah. kind of things you can have. Um, they've been big game changers as well to help like. And they're all just little things, just adding them in, slotting them around, just moving around your food like. That's it. Like, yeah. and it's just a little bit of chat and education around it, really. It really wasn't about like, okay, Claire, we need to do a total rehaul of your diet and change everything and go gluten-free, dairy-free and cut loads of things out. Wasn't like that at all. We actually looked at more what we can add in. And that's the approach that I want to get across to people. It's not about what you have to cut out, it's what you need to add in. And then there's certain supplements that can help. But yeah, that's what we did. And like, yeah, the fish is great because of, remember, I think I was saying to you always, like, it's great for your selenium, which is really good for your thyroid. Um, omega-3s and like salmon and then of course the protein content as well it's just a different source of protein other than meat all the time which is good as well so um yeah no fish is great so yeah we got you onto that which is brilliant as well so no we switched up a few things and we we uh, definitely um we did change a, a few things in the diet but not overall at all like it was great so um no like I think the way you talked to it was brilliant as well and um you know between and like obviously you were so active so that really really helped but like changing over to a bit more weight style training was really good for you and like your insulin resistance changes in body composition as well like which is really helpful for like it's the most effective way to burn fat is weight training and to help with PCOS so if anyone here is listening and knows PCOS and is flat out on the cardio machines doing hit all the time change it up add in more resistance style training your weights because that is a game changer it makes your muscles way more sensitive to insulin which then will help lower your blood sugars and regulate them and therefore you will have a more regular period in the long run in, in a nutshell <laughs> absolutely yeah and I suppose the big thing as well and it, uh, people talk about it everywhere people think weight loss is on the weighing scales and like that as I learned from going through it like a very simple thing I would have been a person who would have weighed myself once a week or once every two weeks come back again in two weeks time and like even just taking the average and weighing yourself seven days in a row taking the average it, as we had said you know you go through ovulation you go through up and down depending on your cycle and obviously you work and, and go through all that with people and explain it to them um you really begin to learn the pattern like of oh, okay I could have extra water there could be loads of extra stuff stress could be impacting it and I suppose the good thing was um the likes of the progress photos or anything like that that you know yourself by looking at your body you're like oh they're, my body composition is changing out of this weight sessions you just see a completely different thing going on rather than just focusing on all the scales is going up or down or whatever it's doing depending on the week yeah yeah that's massive in its own right as well like yeah yeah I remember like I think there were some weeks and I, it's very normal like when you do weigh yourself to get a bit like why, why what's happening here a bit like maybe they're not really moving that much like and then I would have talked to you about like 
you know we don't spend too much time with this I I think I don't think I ever spent more than maybe a second or two talking about weight really as part of our sessions anyway it's not a huge part of because I don't see it as a an indicator of health that much there's so many other factors that indicate whether you're healthy or not so weight really doesn't you know uh, go there or help with that but anyway like obviously that was a goal of yours too though which is absolutely fine and like it's important if you want to lose some body composite weight or body fat we work on that but we did but not focus too much on the scale so yeah we looked at your averages because you saw how much your weight fluctuated in a given week like every day yeah. it fluctuated basically like one day it was like say i don't know 80.0 I'm just picking up numbers here yep. another day it could have been 85 you know it literally jumped up like it could jump quite quickly in a few in a week or so and then obviously the week of your every week coming up to your period it always kind of just jumped that little bit up didn't it like say two three and yep. then it always came back down again and then each then you were losing um I remember you saying you're feeling like you could fit into like your kayak and costume better and uh, other clothes better and that's a sign that you're actually losing inches and fat and that you're noticing changes in clothes sizes and and say belts and things like that and that's yeah. actually telling you you're losing fat and like just how you notice it then in the mirror and like it takes you don't really see that yourself when you're so fixated say on the scale you know not really seeing it in your pictures yourself but then when you actually take the step back and have the awareness that it's not all just about the scales and just kind of focus on the health markers everything else starts to come then as well absolutely yeah exactly and it's the whole thing like consistency over time and just keep doing the basics keep doing it over and over and you, you will see it in a couple of weeks you'll see a big difference and I suppose like it's fine for me saying yeah I do loads of sports but like even the simple thing of just like tracking your steps like aiming for your 10k a day getting your movement getting your fresh air if you've done nothing else only got that going like yeah. that was that's a game changer as well in its own right like yeah you were walking up and down the farm just to get some steps in which <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah and like just the screen time I mean simple little things like we all go on Instagram or Facebook and we scroll away and you kind of lose you lose a half an hour on yourself if you're not actually going and when time did I sit down there you know yeah, yeah, yeah exactly like simple nothing no, no major life changes just little things yeah yeah and like that's what again like we covered everything didn't we really like the, yeah. what, what you're doing your screen time like the amount of caffeine you would have had you know your daylight exposure all those little things like and like they all count and matter when it comes to your your progress it's not just like here's some food to eat and supplements off on your way there's so much more to it than that but um yeah I think we kind of covered a lot there I think like I'm, I'm thinking it's pretty clear like your your progress you were on the pill you came off it you didn't really know how your cycles were going to be or how your cycles actually worked without being on the pill, but you learned them pretty quickly and you were able to literally not rely on 12 near in a, in a, in a, for a period, which is amazing. Get off that down to two more regular cycles, a much better management of your cravings and hunger levels and lose some body composition or change uh, body fat as well and change your body composition. So massive wins for you and with small like changes. So like, yay like well yay for you and like it was brilliant to work with you and see those changes but um yeah I guess if you had anything to say to anyone with PCOS coming off the pill or even like young people listening who like were like you going to doctors with all these issues and just being like oh I don't know sidelined and or any anything you'd like to say basically yeah I suppose um well I suppose for anyone younger Anthony don't be afraid yeah. to just ask poke around ask the questions and I know it's harder when you're younger um yeah. anyone of any age don't be afraid to like poke the bear and ask look is there other options can yeah. I try this can I try that if you don't ask you don't receive but I suppose yeah anyone it, it's a hard thing to do I mean I didn't decide yeah. overnight I was a couple of months humming and hawing and talking to friends and going will I or won't I or what will I do um just ask reach out to people and ask like you haven't signed up for Anthony straight off 
exactly. people are very willing to help i know from coming through it myself um people absolutely understand every aspect of where you're coming from because we've all been told the same thing and like mary joe you know yourself you've been through it as well we all get told the same thing we work through a process you're not on your own it's it's only literally like try it and see i mean the worst thing that can happen is you stay where you are but i guarantee you won't stay where you are you'll actually make massive progress um, yeah. and just stick with it like i mean if anyone's disheartened or anything like that just stick with the process like it's it's amazing um and like mary joe is great to work with and very helpful and approachable and like you know you'd actually you would look forward to your check-in i suppose you'd say yeah you would you'd be like going okay yeah ticking the box looking back over your week all that kind of thing like absolutely yeah. you know yeah. it all it all helps but yeah just reach out don't be afraid and you know you can anyone can make simple changes that's there to be had yeah, thank, thank you very much yeah no thank you so much for coming on I think you're right like what you said there as well it's just like sticking through it like pushing through like even when times get hard and that comes like that's for coming off the pill it's quite hard and um, you know there's that it's not like you were fortunate enough in some ways some others kind of get like the post pill acne and things like that so definitely sticking through it though and making to the other side and you will be thankful that you did it I know it's hard but you will be thankful and um, but again thank you so much for coming on I really really appreciate it it was really good to hear your story have you on and tell it and this hopefully helps people who maybe are in the same boat as you now and wondering where to go next so um yeah like you said just don't be afraid to reach out to anyone I'm not even just talking about myself but you know GPs friends just talk to someone about what maybe there's other options out there for you and um yeah no it's really really good to hear your story and thanks again but um thank you everyone for listening hope you enjoyed this episode and i'll be back again with another episode very soon